first episode of Caracas. This is Crotier. And this is Sigmund. Our first pick is Sir Davos Seward from Sango Ice Empire in A Game of Thrones. Sir Davos was actually from King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually from a place called Flea Bottom. It was a poor Islam district in King's Landing. Mm, that's why he raised to be one of the greatest smugglers in Westeros. Yeah, actually, he was one of the greatest, of course. And one of his most remarkable smuggles was during Robber Rebellion. Uh, at the time, the Stannis was uh, I mean, under a siege and storms and... and uh, the titles were just always evading them and wanted to uh, capture the place. And during the siege, just Sir Davos smuggled a bunch of supplies for a year of them. And uh, the most interesting thing is that the supplies were solid fish and onions. And, and, and the very notable point here is that a man is called Onion Knight because the supplies he just smuggled and moved in to storms and in the Stannis soldiers during the siege. So he must have been awarded for what he had done, right? Uh, yeah, kind of, yes. Uh, he just got both awarded and punishment. Uh, after the robber rebellion, uh, Stannis just made him a knight because of whatever he just done uh, to break the siege. And on the other hand, he just, uh, he was, Davos was sentenced to lose his five fingertips of his left hand because the criminal smuggler things you've done I mean in his years was he okay with the decision Stannis took for him uh, I guess yes and because he just found them all fur and he decided to remain loyal to the house Brathian and I mean Robert's so what you're trying to say is that he was a real loyal man his entire life, yes. Talking about loyalty, it was one of the main reasons that we brought this character to this episode. Mm-hmm. The man was almost loyal to all the kings he served. And even after Stannis' death, he was loyal to Jon Snow. Mm, one of the most iconic moments, you know, when Jon Snow was stabbed and betrayed. Yeah, at Castle Black. Uh, Jon was betrayed and stabbed in heart, and killed, uh, I mean, by the Lord com- Commander of the, uh, of the Night's Watch. And, uh, you know, Sir Davos was there, the one who convinced the red woman, Melisandre Ray, to just uh, heal Jon Snow and resurrect him. And it was one of the main reasons of the story that Jon uh, remained as a character. He was, you know, just got two big roles in the story till now. Mm. Uh, one big role at Robert's Rebellion, and the second one here, just helping resurrecting Jon Snow and bringing him back to be uh, the king of the Norse. 
another reason for us was that you know although he wasn't a great warrior he actually survived every battle that he took part in mm -hmm. and participated yeah of course all of them from the greatest battles that he just took place the first one was robber rebellion uh, one of the greatest and biggest yeah. uh, i mean battles in the seven kingdoms it was targaryens it was you know tyrells in starks and Brathians and i know lannisters everyone was participated and he survived and even beyond the wall in at a battle with wildlings under the flag of a Stannis Baratheon survived that battle too uh, so many other battles of course battle of whispering boots and battle of the blackwater all uh, it was of bastards you know it, the blackwater was a failure for Stannis Baratheon because it got defeated uh, by Lannisters and yes. I don't know Tyrion Lannisters and Tyrion Lannisters but he survived that was the real important point and Battle of Bastards as he said yeah. it was one of the most toughest battles that Jon Snow took part in but he survived you know, such a great and he battle wasn't, he wasn't a warrior actually and he survived all of the battles and we've seen that in the series at, at the Long Night he also survived fighting the White Walkers it was so remarkable uh, but one of the points that I want to mention is that we don't know what is the destiny of Ser Davos in books because yes, everybody's kind you know, of waiting. Two other books are still in the way, and George Martin. Kind of waiting, uh, you know. Yes, and George Martin is still to tell us what's going to happen uh, to so many characters that we, we're just eagerly waiting for uh, the books to arrive and know what's yeah. the destiny of the characters that we know because we I guess really Davos is going no to die at the line. Now. Yeah, we, re we really have no idea. We really have no idea. Uh, and who knows that when, mm. when the books are going to be published. As a counselor to the kings and the survivor of the old battles who took part, what was the most iconic moments that you know, from your point of view, Sir Davos. Um, hmm. it is you know, is absolutely impossible to talk about his iconic moments, and not to mention you know his relationship with Shireen, Princess Shireen. Of oh, course. too tragic. Um, yes, you know, it was kind of such a pure relationship between them, such a you know, daughter and father relationship they had. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was uh, the very beginning that Shireen was like uh, having a sickness and he was told to be cursed, she was told to be cursed and got a grayscale and it was like having no father. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, the fact that uh, Sir Davos didn't have a daughter too, you know, yeah, yeah. it kind of, you know, uh, balancing the relationship. Yeah, balancing the relationship. It was cool the moment I remember. In, in the series Game of Thrones that uh, the episode that uh, Shireen was bounded to the wood and her mother was just staying such a tragic inside her, yeah such a tragic scene and watching her own girl burning in fire because of what because of the Lord of Light had decided <clears throat> that she must die as a sacrifice as a to ensure the victory of Stannis Baratheon you know I know it's really tragic I remember what the moment I cried was uh, the moment that Shireen got burned. Uh, you know, it's even get more tragic when we know that uh, 
Shireen was the only one who taught Sir Davos how to read. And their bounds were so close and so emotional. Uh, that was too tragic uh, in my personal view. And it's, it's the old things about yeah, this I wanted to talk about. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is his relation with Red Bowman. Uh, most of the time, Davos was trying to uh, just killing her. I remember once he planned something, but she foreseen what he had planned, and uh, Davos was imprisoned, if you remember. Yes, of course. And Stannis uh, prisoned, he was imprisoned and couldn't make it. Mm. Uh, but another remarkable moment I want to mention is his role in convincing the other houses with Jon Snow. Yeah, he was he was always caught up behind, you know, Jon Snow's back. He accompanied Jon Snow trying to convince, you know, other houses to fight against the dead. You know, at the time he actually convinced Lady Mormont and when he talked to Daenerys. Yeah, at Dragonstone. Yeah, Dragonstone. That you know that kind of iconic dialogue he yeah, had. They, they took an event to Dragonstone for negotiating yeah. with Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah, you know he was good at something at least. He was then negotiating. Yeah. And with all the kings, he was good at it. Yeah. Giving, dialogue, giving some good says, speech, you know, giving some good speech. Yeah. You were talking about the, I mean, remarkable dialogue. Yeah, of got course. In you know, after um, after the introduction of Khaleesi. Yeah. And burned. Yeah, the all, those, the all those, all those, all those sentences, all those names, and and kind of, it kind of gets to you know, Jon Snow. This is Jon Snow. This is Jon Snow. Yeah, he was, he was a man of few words. Yeah, he was a man of King few words. North, you know that that look on Jon Snow's face at the moment. You know, kind of like, <laughs> kind of like looking, King in the you know, North. Look, looking for some help from you know, Sir Davos. You know, he's like, just say something, man. Uh, you know, the, the man was always good at negotiation today. Eh? I remember. Yeah. Uh, he was good at talking. He was not a warrior. Nope. Yeah. N- n- not every successful man investors must be a warrior. They've yeah, got Littlefinger, Lord Baelish. We've got Lord Varys. Lord Varys, of course. Tyrion Lannister. None of them were. He was, you know, Lord Varys. He was such a powerful man. He he yeah. didn't even, you know, attend in a fight or something. No, he didn't re- deserve what happened to him to, at, at the series. Yeah, I hope that, it, that it was different. At that the was books. that was a you know whole. You know, kind of, it's a story, but yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I actually something I loved uh, to see at the series, but I, it never happened. I, I was at the moments that uh, Davos is uh, in front of Lord Baelish or just uh, yeah. Lord Varys. All men were good at something, which is negotiating and talking and convincing each other, but it never happened actually that much. Uh, okay, that's it all I think about remarkable moments of uh, Sir Davos. He was a loyal man, he was good at negotiation, he was a good counselor, of course. It, it did many big things that were not that much touched and tangible for us to feel. Yeah. Uh, but he was one of the greatest, I think. He was one of the, I mean, top 20 effective men in the just destiny of Estrus and the Seven Kingdoms. I don't know if you agree or not. Yeah, of course I agree, man. You know, the, the things. He had done some of them might not be you know seen enough as as they should be, but he had done of course so many great things. Yeah, because Game of Thrones and Sunrise and Fire, the things are really being touched when there's blood and there's when there's yeah, of uh, course. I mean, betrayal and other things. But that was did none of them. It is kind of the background the story, you know. Yeah, 
And I mean, even, even I mean, I know some, uh, some shadow warriors who just fought in battle were more seen than, uh, I mean, no, more is Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right? Uh, if he could have done something, I mean, more more treacherous or more, I know. You know that this difference was kind of so I think beautiful. In in his Game of Thrones, you know, he was not a great warrior. Yeah. But but actually he was a great character and he was so powerful in the whole story, although he was not a great warrior. That, yeah, that's kinda of beautiful, yeah, you know. I, I guess it was the very decisions of George Martin to show that even if yeah, someone is not yeah, that much warrior, great. he's a skillful in fighter or something, and he's not that much smart to betray and I don't know, make some different things and like I mean Lord Varys and Lord Baelish has got his own rule. He can even more do more things, more important things than I mean this Fighters and lords and knights and I know the spies and yeah of course I know counselors. I wish I think we just mentioned all of them and Robert Bolian. We just mentioned yeah. Resurrection of Jon Snow and I know with Wildlings and other things with Red Bowman. It was all good. The man was a uh, I don't know. It was an iconic character. Yeah, of course. As a rap, if it was up to you to write this character or change something about him, would you even change something about him or what would you do? Um, uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, if I actually were to write this character, maybe I would have altered I mean, a new ending for him. A, I mean, a more, a different ending. Because personally, I think that if you know, you've got a memorable dash. You know, I just want to talk about Burke and Dorian. Remember that man. He's got a, I mean, same slow roll like Sir Dalvis. Got a memorable dash at the end of the long night and just get remembered. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and sometimes uh, remaining alive uh, doesn't make you an iconic character if you survive all the battles. Uh, I mean, Dalvis was a, I mean, good character at all. With a good arc, but if it was an ending like that, okay, in one of the battles like Battle of the Bastards or the Long Night or I don't know, Blackwater, uh, if he were to be killed, I think it would have been more interesting and more, uh, I mean, remarkable at a moment. So if I were to write this character at the Long Night, I would make him, uh, because uh, of course he cannot defend himself because he's not a good warrior. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have made uh, White Walkers stab him and I know kill him as the most uh, I mean the most uh, uh, brutal way because uh, and and there I think it will be more remarkable Davos will be I mean mostly remain because of this and all the things you've done uh, and nothing more is all in all is a good character
Okay, based on whatever we've done and whatever we revealed about the character, if you were to grade Sir Davos Seaworth, the greatest smuggler of the Vestrus, uh, what would be your grade? You know, I really liked his characterism, the difference, you know, in his character and stuff. Uh, but, you know, for me, compared to all those great characters in a book, in a series, it's kind of like a four out of ten. Uh, as That's I said, fair. yeah, as I said, I really liked his character, but man, you know, sometimes you gotta just, um, you know, think about all the characters and just put them uh, beside each other and see, you know, how you're gonna rate. Yeah. You yeah. know, that seems to be very great to me. Worse, it's not more than five. Yeah. The man actually doesn't deserve more. I think yeah. four is enough. That's for up to our first episode of Caracas. Thanks for following and subscribing. Don't forget to share your comments.